Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 156 of the In Squash podcast. I'm Jerry Gibson, and uh, great news uh, came out yesterday. Actually, uh, I'd like to say it was announced on this podcast on episode 55 by Alex Goff, where he mentioned that uh, in mid-September we'll be seeing the PSA uh, return again and in Manchester, and that's exactly what was announced uh, yesterday, along with other initiatives uh, about getting the players back out there playing. So fantastic uh, news for us, for all of us squash enthusiasts and that sort of puts a stamp on us getting back out there and playing uh, competitively ourselves so maybe more of this will follow suit throughout the uh, the global squash community given things continue uh, to improve with the COVID situation now uh, I've got a great episode today on 156 the string doctor uh, John Sharp the uh, squash pro at the Exeter Golf and Country Club comes on. He's a Welshman and he's got a great story to tell and some tremendous insight in terms of strings. Now, uh, I have to admit that uh, my knowledge of stringing, uh, I actually did do a little bit of stringing back in high school, uh, and I did not know what I was doing. I just sort of followed the, uh, I I knew how to sort of string a racket basically, but did not know anything about the nuances of it. And uh, well, this man right here, he's one of the best in the business, and uh, he uh, tells us all about how he got into the stringing game and what he's done uh, since then terms of that and then we go we take a deep dive into everything strings uh, and apologies for uh, my layman's approach to all of this I mean I know basically where what tension I like and what string I like and uh, that's about it basically um, you know I I, uh, I don't have much knowledge in in terms of the string game and I'm probably uh, I would have to say that I'm probably quite similar to many of uh, many of you out there listening uh, they're probably quite a few as John mentions who are, are string geeks who know everything about their strings but even uh the top pros, uh, as uh, John mentioned on his uh, on the podcast today, they just basically know what string tension they want, what um, what string they like, and then away they go. So, and he'll string the racket. But uh, lots to talk about in terms of stringing, and I don't think uh, we we leave much uh, out uh, after uh, this discussion with with, uh, with John Sharp. And uh, the string doctor comes up big today. So, looking forward uh, to hearing what you have to say and hopefully uh, he answers quite a few of the questions that many of you have out there in terms of uh, adding knowledge to when you bring your racket to get strong it's always good to sort of know and go there with with a a little bit of information or to ask the right questions and John covers all of that uh, ground today now uh, before we get into uh, the podcast let me tell you about our tremendous sponsor active scout uh, Active Scout is uh, working its way towards its new build and it's going to come to fruition very soon and it will help us expand uh, membership bases at our clubs. In the next few weeks, uh, hopefully, we're going to have Rob Eberhardt of Active Scout on the podcast and he's going to tell us on how clubs might retain and then build upon their membership. I'm excited to download Active Scout and I'm hoping to do so in the next uh, week or so. I haven't done so yet and uh, hopefully I'll be able to review it uh, with you and then discuss it with Rob on the podcast and it will sit and it will show us just how the app simplifies the membership onboarding process so you've heard me talk about uh, this app uh, before each of my podcasts over the last two three months but hold off on downloading anything until we give you the thumbs up 
uh, here and only here on the In Squash podcast. So stay tuned. If you're looking for more information about Active Scout, go to www.activescout.com. That's Active Scout without the E. And without further ado, we've got the String Doctor. John Sharp on episode 156. Something like that. You don't... <laughs> yeah. How are things, John? Yeah, not too bad. Good, not too good. bad. Nice to meet you. Good to see you and uh, uh, follow you pretty much uh, quite a bit on uh, on Twitter there. So uh, it all all the posts and stuff like that. You've been busy with the stringing uh, stuff lately. Uh, a lot yeah. of content and stuff up there. So yeah, I mean, I think I think. In a normal year, I'll string somewhere between seven and eight hundred squash rackets, and um, probably about two or three hundred tennis rackets, racquetball rackets, and badminton rackets. Right um, however, this summer, in the last month and a bit, mm. I've done probably somewhere north of one hundred and fifty tennis rackets just in the last month or so. Okay. Um, since tennis started again, and That's the squash the, stuff. The, the reverse effects of COVID. So now, now they're yeah. <laughs> sort of back. Yeah and excited they want to get new strings and restring the rackets uh they've been uh, collecting dust <laughs> yeah d- d- definitely and i think i think also um what you find is when people have had four or five months off sports squash tennis racquetball whatever it may be their arm resets and they they start to pick up little niggles and injuries when they don't realize it because they haven't hit a ball for so long yeah, yeah. so any kind of weakness is really exposed so i've had lots of people asking me especially in tennis about how to get rid of the tennis elbow. Okay. Uh, I think the same will happen in squash as well. And it's about balancing grip sizes, different tensions, different strings, all sorts of different things. So it's, it's been pretty cool. I've been get, getting to do some more interesting things than just putting yeah. strings. Yeah, uh, from the sounds of things, I don't think we're going to have enough time to cover everything uh, here today. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 I didn't even uh, consider those things. But obviously, uh, the string doctor uh, knows what he's doing. So... Uh, but anyways, John, it's great to have you on the podcast. And uh, just by way, for, first of all, before we even get started, how's everything with, uh, you know, on your end with your family and with the COVID uh, situation, everything going okay there in the UK? Yeah, so, 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 so it's good. We've, we've got myself and my wife, we have three kids. We've got a 14-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a, they're both boys, and a little girl who's seven. Oh, yeah. And my 14-year-old, um, he plays squash for Wales. And oh, he was, he was uh, basically announced to be playing uh, number one for Wales in the under-15s in the Europeans and the home internationals a couple of weeks before COVID hit. He was sent all of his kit the day after. It was announced that they were cancelling the tournament. So, right. um, well, he so got his kit, though. Yeah, he got he got his kit, and it would be his um, th- third year running that he'd be playing for the team. So right. he's got he's got his caps. He's happy, but obviously he's missed out on 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 a fair bit. But there are loads of squash families that are in exactly the same boats. Uh, lo- lots of people who've you know they've had their plans completely disrupted. But it's been good. But I've spent some time with the family, which doesn't normally happen quite as much, and it's been a good chance to reset and you know just just relax a little bit more in the comfort of the home around the family and go on lots of walks and bike rides and yeah, yeah. do all sorts of things. So yeah, good. Yeah, another feeling it's been good. We, my daughter and I, uh, I've got two daughters, uh, one in university in Canada and uh, my youngest is here with me in, uh, in the UAE, but we just got finished uh, trying to uh, get rid of all the ticks on our dog. 
Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she's sort of got she's got a tick issue the, uh, these days. So we've been uh, spending time together, uh, and she's the dog's been fantastic. You know, she just lays there and lets us uh, go about our business. And uh, uh, but anyways, yeah, it's been a good bonding uh, dad daughter bonding uh, period. I know what you you mean, but the, you're you're a pro at uh, the Exeter Squash, and is a country club or uh, am I correct? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, uh, um, a Golf and Country Club. So okay, Golf and Country Club. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's got a beautiful course, which won an England Golf Award um, oh, about six months or twelve months ago. Yeah. Uh, it's got six tennis courts, but they're building a new indoor centre as well. And we have uh, five squash courts, but again, we're looking to build a new squash complex at some point next year. Though those plans may get delayed a bit because of COVID. Um, but it's a very successful squash club in the southwest. We've won the Devon Premier League, which is like a kind of regional league, uh, four years running. Okay. Um, and we have an excellent professional um, squash coach who's head of squash coaching there called Mike Harris, who okay. um, is a, an ex-PSA player. He still plays in PSA. He's got to around 100 in the world. Right. But he's a brilliant, brilliant coach, top top level coach. But I help him with the coaching because I'm also a qualified coach. Uh, and I'm also the, the stringer there for the uh, squash and tennis sections. That's awesome. Yeah, that sounds like a fantastic club. Do you get out and play any golf? Uh... <laughs> no, that, that's, that's the pitfalls <laughs> of having three children. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, when I, they I grow up, though, when, they're, when, they turn, uh, when they get to their mid-teens, then there's windows. There are windows. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I used to play quite a bit of golf, but yeah. with, with the stringing, with the, with the day job, with the family, they're just... Yeah. There just isn't really enough time in the day to do it, which no, is a shame. Prioritize, but uh, yeah, one of these days you'll be back on the course. I'll, I'll be I'll be back to tearing up the turf and visiting the sand and the bunkers again before long. Brilliant, brilliant. So, um, so how did you? Uh, I mean, how did you earn your your quote unquote PhD uh, in in the string game? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've been stringing on and off since I was at university. So for I'm so 41 now, so since I was about 18. So um, I'd probably say, though, up until about six or seven years ago, maybe a little bit longer, I really hadn't done a huge amount of stringing. I always loved strings. I was a big aficionado with, with the strings yeah. I had in, the, in my rackets. I guess um, as, a, as a player, you probably would have, you know, you know, a guy who took his game seriously like I, I do. Uh, yeah, we take the strings uh, seriously. Yeah, yeah, d d definitely. And I, I was very lucky that I had a couple of really good stringers in South Wales, where I used to live, in Cardiff, uh, who, who would string my rackets for me without any problems, without any issues. They knew me as a player and always had what I wanted. Um, so I didn't really need to jump on a stringing machine. And qu quite frankly, there were people at the time that were better placed to do it for me. Then I, I moved to Devon, which is in the southwest of the UK, a really nice sunny place normally. And that's unusual for the UK. Yeah, yeah, we, we, <laughs> we get a bit of sun here. So, um, so uh, yeah, I, I moved here a few years ago and found that there was a lack of stringers around, and I just I just couldn't find a stringer. Not that there aren't any good stringers here, that there, there are a few, but I just couldn't find one that really met the needs that I wanted and then my son started playing and started breaking strings and uh, I just thought you know what I'm going to take it back up again and 
around sort of 2012, 2013, I bought myself a machine. I spoke to a good friend of mine, Nick Down, who is um, the... Yeah, I saw him. Head. He's, he's the, the godfather of the string game. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And not, so not, you're, you're part of the, you're, you're, you're a made guy now, as they say. <laughs> I am, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the captain of his team, yeah. Captain. Um, <laughs> uh, or foot soldier. I'm, yeah, I'm I, sure I just finished I'm watching, uh, I got that in the back. I just finished watching uh, Goodfellas the other night. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, sorry, I digress. Um, so I, I sp- obviously speak to Nick a lot. I've known Nick for a number of years because he's strung rackets for me before um, as, as well. And we, we kind of just got talking. He gave me some pointers to get back into the game and some really good inside tips. And then a few years ago, he, he said, look, John, you're getting, you're getting good at this. Why don't you spend some more time with me? I'll show you what I do at the tournaments. Um, and then ultimately, a few years ago, I, I took my stringing exams and I passed. There are, there are stringing uh, exams. I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there so, is so, a PhD. Okay, yeah. Exactly. So, 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 so ERSA, so okay. European, Racket, European Racket Stringers Association, okay. which is. Well, obviously, there would be. I, I just, I'm not, I'm not aware of that. Yeah, that, okay. Yeah, great. Okay. Um, but it's, it's probably the biggest affiliation in the world. So at, at the moment, the majority of the top stringers on the Pro Tours for tennis and squash, they'll be ERSA qualified. And there are various different levels um, through, through the ranks. I'm a what we call a master professional stringer, um, which qualifies me to do a number of different things, including racket customizations, um, string testing. So I do quite a lot of testing for various racket companies. I guess um, part of the exam process, you'd have to be observed by a uh, top guy or, or you, you, you get, obviously your string jobs would be assessed. Yeah. Certain people. Yeah. yeah okay. How, how is that? How is that? Uh, you have to do it in a certain time or uh, any trip yeah. back in the car in uh, you know, backwards in the, in the parking spaces or are there any trick ones? <laughs> there is. So, so they time you for doing, doing rackets, how quickly you can do a racket. Yeah. Um, from memory, I think it was fairly comfortable. It was to string a, a racket within, a, I think about 40 minutes to string a, a racket, but they give you the style. So you don't, you don't know which racket you're going to be tested on okay. until, until you do it. So, um, so I think it was about 40 minutes and then they do other ones where you have to do a racket and you have to replace the grommet strip and the bumper strip, re-grip it, do all sorts of things within under an hour. So uh, I think I had to learn how to resize a grip. So using heat molding to actually put a sleeve that shrink wraps onto it when you apply heat to it. Yeah. Um, so all, all, all sorts of different things, but the 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 standard they want you to get to is where you can string probably about four rackets in around an hour so you're looking at somewhere between 15 to 20 minutes to do a racket um you know i i can i can string a racket in under 10 minutes um but that would be one of my own if i'm going to do a, a racket for somebody else at a tournament i'm looking at somewhere between about 12 minutes to 20 minutes depending on the racket type and how many people are talking to me at the time? Your setup at a tournament, you're going to have quite a few people around, uh, I would imagine, throughout the day. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's pretty cool. You wouldn't think that strings are that interesting, but people like to come up and talk to you about 
what strings you've got, what colours and yeah. tensions and how, how your electronic machine works and all sorts of stuff. So it's, it's pretty good. There are, there are worse ways to spend the time at a tournament. Right on. Yeah, that's good. Oh, okay, I didn't realise all, all of that, but yeah, that, that's fantastic. Now, now let's get into <clears throat> the, the fundamental stuff because I think, you know, I, I mean, I've been playing the game forever. Uh, I know basics about stringing. I don't know very much uh, sort of the nuances of it. Uh, I've experimented quite a bit. I went Greg Galtier and that didn't work. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jen, <laughs> that did not work. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't work for a lot of people. <laughs> no, no. But uh, I do like a lower string. I do like it around 22 or 23. Uh, yeah. And, but anyways, we'll get into that later. Just in terms of fundamentals, though, like for, for the average squash player out there, what should uh, they, what should we be aware of in terms of our strings and our rackets? And if we come to uh, a stringer, what do we need to sort of know before we go? I think that there are, there are a few basics, a few rules of thumb. The, the, the main thing is that one of the myths is that the tighter your racket is, the more it pings, mm. the more power you get off it. So you get lots of people that kind of bang their rackets. Or got, they're, they're sort of do, doing that before they step on court. And if it pings, if it's really tight, that means you get loads of control. Yeah. If it's loose, you get lots of power. So you mentioned 22, 23 pounds. That's pretty arm friendly. So that'll look after your elbow because the strings are a bit looser. It means that you don't have to hit the ball quite, with quite so much venom to get more power off it. But what it means is you, you sacrifice a little bit of control. So rule of thumb, the looser it is, the more power. The tighter it is, the more control you get. Somewhere in the middle, so 24 to 27 is a good range mm. where you're still going to have a, a, bit of, a bit of both really. Um, also, the, the professionals a few years ago were going all the way up to about thirty pounds, maybe a little bit more. I see um, uh, Selby's up there at around twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Yeah, we, we, yeah, which is pretty reasonable. Um, but again, they, they, they're, they're coming down now. The, the, the pros now they, they like to be around the mid twenties or even lower. So to twenty-two to twenty-six yeah. seems to be the range and. Then you get Gaultier. You mentioned Greg Gaultier. He, he's the exception. So yeah. he's, he strings his racket on average at around 16, 17 pounds. I think 16 and a half pounds is about his average, which is crazy, crazy loose. Yeah. But if it's done on an electronic machine, it actually doesn't feel too bad. But he has at some point strung down to about 12 to 13 pounds. Yeah. And, I mean, and some, when I think about it, I, I mean, I tried it, right? And uh, I like a looser, uh, I like it around 23, 24, 22. But, yeah. you know, if I were able to control it like he could, um, then it would be, it'd be amazing. But I just, it felt, it was like a trampoline, you know, it was, uh, the ball was just flying off the, the string. Yeah. It was a, you know, I, I lacked control. I gave it a go for about a month and uh, I decided now nah, it's, you know, I'm not Greg Galt yet. I guess. It's, it's difficult. It depends on swing type. So with Greg, he, if you notice, he doesn't bring his racket up that high. So, right. um, so he, he takes a very short um, back lift on his swing, which means that he's not, I, I guess, swinging down so much. So there's less margin for error. So oh, although like string power, just a little quick snap. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that's his style. He's in and out, you know, like with a lot of the French players. They, they move, they hit, they get back to the tee. So lots of sideways movement 
Um, and so it really, really suits his game. Uh, it suits it really well. Then you'll get other players, like you mentioned, Daryl, that will be a little bit um, higher on the tension. They're, they're different players. I mean, Daryl's a finesse player. Uh, some of the shots he plays are crazy. You know, I'm a huge fan of Daryl Selby. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so with James Wilstrop, he strings his rackets quite tight as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's one rule. So power, control, looser, tighter. That That's one rule of thumb. The other is the type of string. So you'll get the kind of waxy multi-filament strings like Technofiber, which is probably the best known multi-filament string. Um, and then you'll get the line and twine Ashaway type strings, which are probably a bit more popular in North America. I mean, I, I, I've got loads of Ashaway. I, I, I've got a whole cupboard full of every type yeah, I remember of back when I was just towards the end of juniors, and that's when I started thinking, oh, the string means something, right? I need to you know, think about strings. And Ashway was my first, uh, you know, high-end string, and what a difference it, it made. I mean, I, I could yeah. just feel—it's the sort of the same feel that I get with the 305, the technology, yeah. uh, the slightly different, but that you, you just feel the ball, and it uh, when it's on the rack, there's that little split, split second there where you've got it, and uh, yeah. Oh, d no, you're absolutely right. The ball holds on there longer, and with, with Ashway, you kind of grip the ball. Because mm. uh, they're, they're normally textured, they're a bit, bit rough. Um, but with technofiber strings, generally speaking, um, they're a bit more waxy. There's more bite on the ball, so you can really tell the difference between the two types of, of right. string. Some people are firmly in the Ashaway camp. Some people are very much in the technofiber camp. You don't tend to get too many people that switch from one to the other. Mm. But one of the advantages are with Ashaway is that they're very, very good. Um, from uh, protecting the strings around the frame of the racket when you hit the ball off the side walls okay, yeah. at, at pace. Whereas Technofiber tend to, because there's not quite so much give in the Technofiber strings, they're elastic, but if you hit, hit it around the frame, then they can snap the same as a lot of multi-filament strings. So one remedy for people who continuously break strings around the frame who don't hit the ball in the centre so much, then I normally say, look, Ashaway is a great string to use. It's really, really good. But Ashaway you, tends to probably recognise that. Like you'll 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 get a few guys who come to you regularly, and you'll you'll notice. Okay, he's broken his string here at the edge of his racket again. Then you might sort of uh, recommend a, a switch from whatever string to uh, Ashaway. Yeah, and it, and it works the other way. I mean, I, I have another player who uses Ashaway. He loves Super Nick, but he keeps breaking the strings after a very short period of time in the middle, and that's because he puts a lot of cut on the ball. So that, and has it strung loose so the strings are moving a lot they're grating against each other and they're fraying they're just snapping in the middle whereas with technify but the, the strings don't tend to move so much so i was going to just say like save this for later but the fray like a while ago it hasn't happened for a while but i remember it was with a technofiber string as well it was it, the racket the strings were very very frayed but i was hitting it it, it felt so good I didn't want them, you know, I, I wanted to keep playing with it because it just, it felt really good coming off the racket with the frayed string. Is that yeah. something normal? Was that not usual? Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a funny one. It's a bit of a phenomenon, really, because what you're doing is you're breaking the strings down. So they shouldn't feel better, really, because you're, you're actually breaking the strings down. But I'm exactly the same as you are. I'm a huge Technofiber fan. Um, X, X1 Biface is my favorite, which yeah. frays and... and I have had, I'm going to ask you about that later, but yeah, we'll go there. <laughs> but, 
you get this kind of candy candy floss, kind of cotton wool type mm. um, stuff in the middle of your racket when you yeah. hit it well. And I always really like it when it plays like that. I really, whether or not it's because the, the strings have stretched out, they've got a bit thinner mm. and you know, probably lost a bit of tension. So you're getting a bit more natural power off them. I, I don't know, but they seem to just play really, really well. And then they go, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> then no. they snap. No, I remember that. And I remember that time. It hasn't happened much lately. I've had the same technofiber string in my racket for quite a while. No, no fraying. They must have done something over the yeah. last little while to the strings because they don't seem to to fray. You know, like so, so I do I do quite a bit of testing for technofiber. Um, and they, they're like mad scientists at technofiber. The, the, the guys there are crazy. They, they, they are always looking to improve the string. So... You might find that one year you get a bit more performance out of it, but a bit less durability. Yeah. They'll take the feedback and they'll go back to their guys in the labs and say, right, okay, we need more durability. So then they'll switch it up a bit. They'll change things. At the moment, um, they had a bit of a, I think, a bit of a rocky patch a few years ago, four or five years ago, with some batches of, of strings which were breaking too easily. Yeah. But they really took the feedback well. And I think at the moment, they've got a string that I think is playing so well, right? right across the range and they've introduced some slightly thicker strings um as well like a 1.25 where it used to be 1.1 uh, 1.2 yeah. 1.3 the string i've got coming to me now the the dynamax 1.25 the black string yeah yeah so you got that but they also do it in the in the 305 and the green string as well okay okay so i've so i've got both those models and the dy the new dynamics 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 okay yeah yeah so, um, so they've actually called it dynamics instead of having DNAMX, which people right. just said dynamics. They, they've actually got the new dynamics VP one, which um, stands for vapor process, I think. Which basically they steam the string as they're, as they're manufacturing it, mm. and when you get it, feel it. If you feel the string compared yeah. to the old um, DNA mix, the, the old black one, it's so much softer. It's a lot lighter feeling. Okay. Um, and they're really good to play with. They're, okay. they're, they're nice. Sorry not not quite my favorite technofiber, but they, they're good. Okay. They're very different. So, in terms, so just to go back, so in terms of fundamentals, we're talking uh, tension, we're talking string types here. Uh, is there anything else that, you know, when someone brings you their racket, I guess, I guess it's you mentioned this in, I think it's on your website or uh, you, uh, the type of player that you are. So, if I were to come to you, I'd say, well, uh, yeah, I'm a little, you know, I hit the ball fairly, you know, I hit it hard. I move the ball around the court a bit. I guess I'm more of an all-around kind of player. What type of string would you recommend based on the racket that I have uh, and things like that? Right? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think it depends on the racket. It depends. If you're an all-around player and you break an average amount of strings and you don't put loads of cuts on it, but you don't hit loads off the frame, then I think it's worth trying a few different things out because you're, you're firmly in that camp where you could probably make most strings last fairly comfortably. Yeah. Where you get some differences, you might get a touch player where an Ashaway string like an Ultra Nick or a Power Nick even or, or even just a regular Super Nick might suit them really, really well because they can get lots of grip on the ball, lots of touch at the front. Um, but then you get the hacker. So the hacker, the guy, the guy that or the girl that likes to get on court and hit, the, hit everything at 150 miles an hour. Yeah. And, you know, they, they typically have lots of rubber left around the frame of their racket because mm -hmm. everything, even off the wall, is, is a hard hit. 
yeah, and either the strings are going to break or the racket's going to break. So when I see the rackets that have got lots of black rubber marks around the frames, I generally know they're a hacker. Okay. <laughs> because they, they, they may well miss it quite a lot. It shows yeah. on the racket. Okay. And in that case, they may be better off having a slightly um, more forgiving string um, than, than another one. So it does depend on the arm, on the string type. Also, uh, an Ash, both Ashaway and Technofiber are really good at this. Um, if you've got issues with your elbow, then if you're a player, especially if you hit the ball fairly straight-armed and you have issues with your elbow, both Technofiber and Ashaway are really good for players with tennis elbow. Caracal do a, a hot zone string, which again is nice and soft, which is which is really good. Um, so that, is that in terms of uh, any of their uh, varieties of string, or is there a certain type of string that, that you'd recommend for a tennis elbow a player? Yeah, I, I, I quite like the Supernick range for tennis elbow. It's quite, an, it's quite a soft absorbent string. Uh, same, same with um, 305, that's, that's pretty good for, for, for it as well. Um, tend to go on a slightly thinner string as well. So if you use a thinner string, so like an X1 biphase 1.18 technofiber string or a, or a 1.1 or 1.15, String or nearly all Ashway strings are really thin anyway. But the thinner the string, the more power, the more control you get on it. Durability is not there, but that yeah. also helps because you, you're not having to work quite so hard with that string. But you you want something that's nice and soft. Right on. Oh, okay. Now, uh, now you currently, I think, or recently, you had a little roundtable session with with the other string doctors in in uh, the UK. Uh, yeah. You guys talked about some of the. I, I think one of the things that came to, that I noticed was you guys spoke about the misconceptions uh, that people have when it comes to to stringing. So, what would uh, you know? May, maybe lay a few of those out for us because I'm sure there are many, including myself, that might have uh, an idea in terms of you know what we want for a string. Uh, like for example, today I was just thinking. I was looking at the eye rackets that you were showing, and, uh, and I didn't. Yeah. I could you? Most of them are um, open throat rackets. I, I'm a I'm a closed guy. I, I like the closed uh, throat mod, the the, the frames. Uh, it's just a personal preference. But then I did. You guys have the eye has the 125 uh, closed throat, which looks really good, actually. It looks good. I, I'm not sure how it plays. It's, so, so that's that's this one actually. This one, yeah, yeah, it looks good. There it is. It sort of looks like my, my Dunlop. I'm using the old, or I think he's got a new one now. The old Gregory Golf Jade Green. Uh, oh, the Elite. That, elite. That, that used to be Fantastic. one of my favorite rackets. I love it. Oh, yeah. It's like it's that, like that, is, that was a great racket. I used to use the old the old Harrow. Was it um, the one that Gawash uses now? Uh, the vapor, I think it is. Yeah. And I, I love that racket. Um, but but uh, this is better. I, I think the Dunlop is slightly. So anyway, so yeah. I'll I'll give I'll give you one myth. Yeah, I'll give, I'll give you one. Sorry, one misconception, uh, which is actually the open and closed throat one. So okay. you mentioned. So you mentioned you're a closed closed throat fan. Yeah. Is that right? So a closed throat in uh, squash is actually the teardrop shape, the one without the beam across. Okay. Okay. So, so, I, I, but, so but this is an open thread. What you yeah, just showed. So, so, so this oh, that makes sense. Not close. So it's got the throat bit there. Yeah. Whereas a closed throat, it's 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 closed basically. But you're in the camp with ninety percent of people 
yeah. that would say that this uh, that the racket the X25 or the Dunlop Elite would actually be uh, an uh, a closed stroke because okay. they they judge the beam across the middle uh, to to actually be um, the, the throat closing. So right. that that's that's one that's that's one misconception okay. that okay. that I'd probably get, go through. Mm -hmm. um, we, we've actually got a fairly similar racket history. So for years, I used the Dunlop Elite. And then I was actually sponsored by Harrow uh, for, for a few years, and I used the Vapor and, and the Stealth rackets. Um, now I'm sponsored by I, uh, so that's why I string a lot of I rackets and, and use them. They, they look um, good. The I rackets they have a good, you know, they, they look really good. And that, that Elite, the, the one that you had, the 125 there, looks uh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I love that racket. The the, the one twenty five, one thirty, and, and the Shibana, the one twenty, just just really nice rackets actually. Yeah. Um, I I play around with the weight on them a little bit. So the one I'm currently trying a bit more is the the V one ten, which is the bright pink one with okay. the uh, the slightly bigger headed one. It's only one hundred and ten grams, but it's absolutely brilliant um, to to play with. But I was starting to get a bit of a sore elbow, and the yeah. reason being, it's very, very headlight. So what I did is I added five grams of weight to the end of the racket using uh, lead balancing tape, and it's now just beautiful to play with. Yeah. So the same goes with, with, with car if somebody's got a carboflex, which is a similar, similar weight, mm -hmm. and they think, well, this is a bit too light on the head for me, Add to, get your stringer to add some lead tape, or you can even buy it yourself. That, that's one of the things is, if you've got a very headlight racket, it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy on your arm or give you more power. It right. means you can move the racket far, fast and bring yeah. it up. But that's another misconception that headlight rackets give more power. They don't. Light yeah. rackets don't give more power. Heavier rackets give more power. The, the, heavy it's it's just the feeling, you know, being able to wield the racket around quickly. You feel like you're, you're hitting it harder. Uh, but, I mean, it, for me, the... the and my weight between 120 and 130, I, that, that's what I like. But it just yeah. gets you, you know, you're able to get your racket up a little more quickly, able to sort of just make sure you're, you're prepared for, for every shot a little more quickly. The, the heavier rackets as we get older, uh, uh, for me anyways, I, I don't really play as well uh, with those. Yeah, and I, th I, think, I think you're kind of in the sweet spot, 120 to 130, that's kind of where most people are now that that's that's the range that's really comfortable and um i think you're definitely right and most most professional squash players will be somewhere in that camp they'll be somewhere between 120 and 130 right paul cole he's, he's 115 so paul, paul cole he's the 115 gram racket he, he goes with the uh the, the uh closed throat these days yes yes so uh, and, it, and it's a fan <laughs> pattern as well yeah. So, so, so his racket's the fan pattern as well. So you'll see the strings kind of crisscrossing at the bottom of, of the racket. Right. Um, and with that type of racket, they're quite good, the fan patterns, because they allow for lots of power. Yeah. Um, but they also give really, really good control. So it's slightly longer, longer head. So the main strings are quite a bit longer. But because they, because it's a fan, the string pattern's a bit denser. So you can still get some good control on them as well. And, it suits his style because Paul Cole is electric around the court. You know, yeah. he's everywhere. And he, he's, yeah. although he's added a lot of touch to his game over the last couple of years, 
um, he needs this racket there very, very quickly because a, a big part of his game is based on physicality and pace of, of the ball. Um, so, yeah. He gets to the ball quickly, and uh, if he's there quickly, he wants to be doing something with it uh, relatively quickly. Uh, yeah. Oh, he, he's the opposite of me. He's the opposite of me. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. Need, we, we need all the time we can get. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, so... Uh, those two misconceptions, the, uh, the weight of the racket, the open-closed uh, racket types, and any other mints uh, that we... Um, I think the, one of them is... Sort of, the, I guess like the, like the average squash player might come to you and say, oh, I want this because of uh, this. And you like say, no, no, that's not how it is. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, th I think there's, there's always the tension issue. Yeah. So... I think people people thinking that just because they have a high tension on their racket that they're going to get really good control. It really does depend on the type of racket that you're using. Does it suit you? And sometimes it depends on the type of swing which you have. Mm -hmm. So I, I I would always try to coach players when when I am coaching them to open the face of their racket up, point it to the ceiling when they're hitting the ball off the wall, and not to put lots of power on it when when the ball's tight against the wall. Mm -hmm. um, so in which case, you know, if you have really, really tight strings, it's not going to do you any favours. You want a little bit of give in those strings. So I think although the rule is power is loose and control is tight, depending on what type of racket you've got and what type of player you are, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that just because your strings are loose, you're going to be able to hit it hard. It can go beyond a point where if your technique isn't good enough, you're not going to be able to hit that ball. So Greg Doltier is a great example of somebody that has it super loose and he generates really good power very quickly with it. Mm. But it's so loose that some players may really struggle because you've got to have a bit more snap in your wrist to, to, to play. And I, I would be the same properly. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, one thing that I, that I noticed, um, I think it was on your, on your Twitter feed. Um, well, let me get this straight here. Just a second. Oh yeah, yeah. You you reviewed recently. Uh, you had a nice review of all the strings, and you went over that uh, earlier. Obviously, Ashway and Technofiber uh, are there in the forefront, but there were other strings out there that you recommended, and even some pros are using. So, if you wouldn't mind, like, sort of just going through the other uh, varieties, because I mean, obviously, you know, there are probably some other good string options out there for people. Yeah. And I think, I mean, as a player, I know when I was young, I, I wanted to be a little bit different. I might not go with, uh, you know, what everyone else is using and uh, try something different. And, uh, and you know, that, that might put a little chip on your shoulder as well. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. And I, I'm, I'm not necessarily loyal to any one string manufacturer. There are some that I get on better with. But equally, I, I recognize that other people might get on better with a different type of string. All I can do is advise on my experiences. So there are a few other good strings out there. Um, Unsquashable have just released a really, really good new string. Um, so it's their, their Tortec um, Pro string. They used to have a natural colored variant of this, which they released when they first came, came out, yeah. or when they re-released the whole brand again, which was a really nice multi-filament, quite similar to Rab Sensor Fiber, which I'll talk about in a minute, or Technofiber 305. Quite a similar type waxy string. But it wasn't selling particularly well with the stringers. 
mainly because it was natural in colour. And most players, and I say most, not all, but most players and most stringers, they like the coloured strings. Yeah. They, they're like the strings that stand out. It's, it's a, it's a well, good that, way that was, to... That was kind of what put, uh, really put, may, 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 maybe I'm wrong here, but Technifiber, put, they, 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 they were put on, they had this green string that just came out of nowhere. And it was a great string and it was a, you know, a colour that stood out like none other, right? Yeah, it, it, exactly. So, so the minute one or two pros started using the Technifiber string, loads of others followed. So the 305 is the most popular string by a long way on the tour. Um, so what Unsquashable did, I, I spoke with um, the, the owner of Unsquashable at quite a few tournaments where I was either stringing or coaching. And he said, look, well, do you like the string? I said, yeah, it's, it's a really good string. Why don't you buy any? Because it's natural in color. And so, you know, it's, it's, yeah. you know, it's, hard to, it's hard to sell somebody a string that doesn't like look the, cool. The old gut st brown strings, right? Like, like yeah. Gut, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The old gut ten strings, yeah. Yeah, and it, and it was a shame because it played really well. Um, so he said, yeah, I, I, I get that. And they, they would string their, um, they would actually string their rackets, most of them, with the synthetic gut, with the cheap stuff in a bright neon yellow color from the factory because it would actually sell really, really well. Mm. Um, so the, the, the yellow string, which they have in the rackets, the synthetic gut with street would play, would sell really, really well. Um, but clearly people were cutting that string out because it didn't play so well. So what um, they did, they designed the new Tortec Pro version, but with uh, a neon yellow color. And oh. they released that uh, at the turn of uh, this this uh, year, so back in I think it was about January, December, January, February time, and they sent me one of the first reels in the UK, which came out, um, yeah. which was shipped over from the manufacturers into the UK, sent me a reel of it, and I strung it at a PSA tournament, um, and I put it in the strings of one of the semi-finalists who was an unsquashable player in one of the rackets of an unsquashable player in the semis, yeah, and he was. No, no, it was, it was actually um, a guy called Miles, uh, Miles Jenkins. So okay. he's not, not, not quite a Jenkins. Yeah. He, he's an up-and-comer. So he, he's a housemate <laughs> of Joel Makins. So he, yeah. he's a good friend of, jo of Joel's. Um, and he was going to train with it. He was going to have a hit with it, see what he thought. And he said, John, I really like the string. And, and Miles, he's a stringer as well. So he strings his own rackets normally. But I put it in. He said, this is really good. I really, really like it. And... He then took it into the final with him, and he was the number two seed in this event against another player, and it should have been pretty 50-50, and he won the final three love. Yeah. And I said, I said, you were using the strings that I just put in your racket. What, what do you think then? He said, yeah, really like them, really, really good. So that's a good example of, I think they play a bit different to the natural coloured strings. They do play a bit different, yeah. but it's a really good example of, of a manufacturer taking on board feedback from players, from coaches, looking at the market trends and saying, yeah, we need to do something different here. So that's a really cool string. And I, I always stock that string. Okay. Got lo lots of power, lots what, of bolts What's the name of the string again, uh, John? So, so it's the Tortec, Tortec Pro. Okay. Um, so it's, it's the only unsquashable string that they, they sell at the moment. It's okay. neon yellow. But it, it, it's, it's decent. The, the other string as well, which I mentioned, was the Caracal Hot Zone. Yeah. So Caracal do a few different types of string. What's really good about the Caracal Hot Zone is that they do it in so many different colours. 
Right. So from a stringer's perspective, from a player's perspective, like their grips. More, yeah, yeah. Well, you, we all know the grips are good. We yeah. all know Carousel are great for the grips. Mm. But the good thing with the Hot Zone is that the, the actual colours they do every single colour in the rainbow. In fact, I think they do have every colour in the rainbow in that. Okay. Um, the one thing to note, though, and again, I, I do a bit of testing with, with Caracal, and they're really good with this as well, is that they do require an extra pound or two of tension. So mm. if you swing your rackets at 22, 23 pounds, I'd always suggest doing the hot zone, Caracal hot zone at about 24, 25 pounds. Okay. And there's a really good reason for this. It's one of the only strings out there that is so elastic that it goes beyond, um, it can go, be, if you string it too loose, it can go beyond the stage of the trampoline effect. It'll be like a pillow. <laughs> so you, you know, if you yeah. hit the ball with a pillow, that ball would just get lost in the pillow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I, I liken it to that effect a little bit. Okay. Um, so there's a really good advantage of stringing the hot zone a bit tighter because you can actually string it tight so that you can get loads of control on the touch shots at the front of the court. But because it's so elastic, when you do want to add a bit of power, what happens is that ball goes back in there, in there and, and flings out. So yeah. you actually get the best of both worlds with it. It, it can it can drop off. The tension can drop off a little bit. Once it drops off, it, it just drops off. You know, the, normally I, I'd recommend replacing them before the strings snap yeah. because you, you will feel it. But when you've got it in the zone, they're good. You know, players like Tesney Evans, who's a good friend of mine. Te Tesney um, uses the hot zone. Been on the podcast twice. Good girl. Sorry. She's been on yeah, this podcast. Yeah. A friend of the podcast. Well, Tes. So Tesney, I've, I've known Tesney since she was about eight or nine. You're from Wales, John. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, used to, I used to I used to play and do a bit of coaching at her dad's old club, St Melons in Cardiff. Okay. And. I used to go on court with Tesney when she was eight, nine years old for, wow. for a few years and, and her sister, Lauren, as well. And um, yeah, she, I mean, she was great then. I used to do a few Saturday morning coaching sessions with her. Um, but that in no way means that I was behind her getting to her status as a top 10 player. <laughs> right. but I was there in the early, early days feeding her balls. And, yeah. you know, well, she's done really well, yeah. Yeah, yeah she, she's, she's great. And do you know with Tesney is that she's a fighter, um, she's deceptive. She's got great hands on the ball, yeah. and she's she's just a nice person as well. I mean, she she's a great advocate for the women's game, and her brother and she, Anya she as uses well. the Caracal. She she's a big Caracal. Uh, uh, yeah, but, the, the whole yeah. the whole Evans family are, and, and her brother Anya as well, who's yeah. an up and comer. He's around the sort of top hundred in the world um, yeah. at the moment, and he's he's. He's a really nice player as well. Uh, yes. Really, really good player. He won and, in, uh, in Canada. I'm Canadian. He won the, um, I think it was uh, the Bankers Hall Invitational this year. The one in Canada. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think he won that, yeah. Yeah, he, he ha had a good season in Canada. I, I was yeah. speaking to him at a tournament up in North Wales, um, which my son was playing in a few months ago. And... Yeah, he, he was telling me he, he loves Canada, absolutely loves Canada. And he played four or five tournaments out there. Yeah. I think he, he got to the quarterfinals, semifinal stages in, in pretty much all of them. Yeah, he took yeah. out some pr pretty big names out there, there as well. A, a lot of those Challenger Series events throughout, uh, now, now that the Challenger Series is a big thing on the PSA and a lot of the, a lot of the Canadian tour stops are, are those events. And they tend to, you don't know who's going to show up. 
uh, could yeah. be some, some real big names or, you know, uh, you might have a, just a few Canadians and then a couple of good players. But uh, it seems like it's, uh, it's a great, great opportunity for guys like Amher to sort of top up and then get back and try to, try to make inroads to yeah. bigger events. For sure. So, so you've got Tasney, her brother, you know, using, using the hot zone string. So it's obviously good. It's, yep. it's obviously a decent, decent string. Um, but yeah, the, the, there's lots of different makes. I mean, Rab Sensor Fiber. So Rab Sensor Fiber is another string yeah. that I mentioned. They've been around and for a little while, uh, I think. Yeah. Didn't, uh, so, didn't the Knip brothers use the... Do you remember yeah. Joseph Knip and Daniel? Yeah. Didn't they use... Didn't they... Were, those? I think they were, and Laura Massaro used to use Rab Sensor Fiber and Sarah Jane Perry as well. Right. Um, so th they've had some decent names, but th there are a few covert players on the PSA that look like they're using Technofiber, but may actually be using a variant of Rab Sensor Fiber. Okay. So yeah. it, it looks, it's lots of different colors, but the main colors which they have are the bright yellow, the neon yellow, or yeah. the the kind of Technofiber 305 style green color as well. Um, but no, it's a good string. It's mm. solid. It's very strong. It's a bit thicker, 1.27 mils. Okay. So it's a bit thicker, but it plays like a thinner string, mm. but it lasts. It's got the kind of like this really unique oily substance that runs through the string that keeps it lubricated. So that's a good string. If, if anybody's looking for a really good quality alternative yeah. to Technofiber, that's uh, that's a good string that is actually made about 20 miles from where i live okay it's, it's, it's made in plymouth which You're is in exeter uh, just uh, north of exeter or just yeah just south so, <laughs> so <laughs> just guessing no no no, no it's, it's fine so, so it's it's based um on the devon cornwall border in the southwest okay. of, of england um it's a it's a decent string in my mind i don't think they market the company as well as they should do, because it's it's a far better string than it's known for. Um, no, I think it's. Yeah, like I said I, I I do remember the. I mean, the Knip brothers were playing like, like two decades ago. But I I think yeah, we're using that string or something that sounded like the that that name. But uh, it, it could could well have been. They, they've been around for a while, Rob. I mean, they they make stringing tools, utensils, machines, okay. strings um, for tennis and squash, but. No, it, it's good. It's similarly priced to Technofiber mm -hmm. um, and, and Ashaway. So it, it's in the premium range, but because people don't know about it so, so much, they won't necessarily get to use it. Now, this is another string which goes the opposite, in my view, to Hot Zone. Whereas with Hot Zone, it's very elastic, the same as Sense Fiber, but Hot Zone needs to be strung a bit tighter. I think if you string the Rab Sense Fiber too tight, it loses a lot of its feel. So I normally knock a pound or two off the sensor fiber. Okay. Um, because it, in my mind, it plays better when you really unleash it, when you really let it go. And because it's a bit thicker as well, it's a bit yeah, of a lot, a lot of these thing. nuances, I think you, you identify a lot of the stuff that you're telling us now, it, we can access it on your website, uh, can't we? Yeah, yeah you, can, you can go onto my blogs and, and I talk about, about it on there. The, the, the basics are all listed. What I've also done is I've created, a, there's a spreadsheet on my website on the tensions page, which talk, which has 50 or 60 rackets and all the different types of strings that I normally use on there. 
So it's like a, a kind of matrix of, of string tensions that I personally like playing with on all of these rackets. Okay. So if you said you like the Dunlop Elite and you liked it with an Ashaway Ultronix string, it tells you, you know, if you want to hit it medium, power, control, it, it gives you lots of different variants of different strings on different rackets. Okay. So that's quite a useful point. It, but again, this is based on what I, what I feel um, when, when I'm playing. But I, I think it's a pretty good gauge. Right on. Now, uh, you've been great with your time, John. I just got a couple more questions uh, for you. Now, now you mentioned um, your favorite string is uh, the yeah. Technofiber Din... Was it Dynamax? Uh, or Dynamax? Uh, no, my, my favorite one is actually the X1 Biface. Oh, okay, the X1 Biface. Okay, tell, tell uh, us uh, why. Yeah, so the X1 Biface, it's um, 1.18 mils, so it's on the, on the thinner side. Uh, it's not the thinnest fiber string. And that's the Shabagi string. Uh, no, no. So, so Shabagi uses Dynamics BP. Okay. Um, and Marwan, his brother. So I should say Mohammed uses the Dynamics BP, and Marwan uses the 305. Right. There aren't too many pros who actually use the X1 biphase. Um, what, I think while Al Hindi used to use it okay. um, a, a while ago when it was oh, red, it's now it's now, <laughs> it's, it's now orange in color. Yeah. Um, so there's not that many pros actually use it. I think one of the reasons why is because it's a little bit more expensive. Mm. Not every stringer stocks it. Not sure if it's because of the, the price of it. Of it. Um, and I think when players play on the tour, they want to know that if they run out of their string, which they keep in their bags, that the stringer at the tournament has definitely got that string. I mean, you, you can ima imagine being Mohammed Al-Shabaghi and you run out of your Dynamics BP black strings. And... You know what? What do you what do you do? So he he's got a string that most stringers certainly in the next six months most stringers will have the new Dynamics VP. Yeah. At the moment, there will be some stringers that are trying to get rid of the old stock. I've got the new stuff in in stock because I love it. I wasn't a huge fan of the old black string, but the new Dynamics VP was is just really nice. So that that may be up there. I haven't used it enough to to really. To, okay. to really say it's one of my favourite strings, but I think it will be one of my favourite strings from from what I when I have played with it. Um, so yeah, the X1 biface, lots of bite, lots of power, very very comfortable string, yeah. um, and the new orange version which they've got is a lot more durable than the old red version. Yeah, I like a lot of bite on on my uh, in, in my string. So uh, does the Sherbaggy, uh, the the Dynamix, uh, does does that have a bit of bite to it? The the black. BP. Yeah, like yeah, it, it's good. It's a bit softer. It's not got quite as much bite as the 305, but what it does have, it has so much power on it because the process which they put it through, it's a bit more elastic. And I think one of the things you notice with Mohamed Al Shabagi is he he goes into beast mode, doesn't he? He beast hits mode. the ball really really hard. And recently, uh, I'm not sure if it's just coincidence, but recently he started to. I think put a bit more touch in his game again. So yeah, if you yeah. watch him against Ali, Ali Farag recently, he was lifting the ball a lot more. He yeah. was, you know, really going for his shots a lot more. Yeah, rather than that, that sneaky hard. little backhand, uh, you know, little touch backhand where he takes a full swing and then just leaves. Yeah, it. yeah. And, and you know, maybe it's because he can get the power a lot more easy when he wants to with these new strings. I, I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. some of it might be in the head, but. Uh, it's just so you see sometimes maybe it's a confident 
yeah yeah th- th- these guys are magicians so, um, so i think you i think you might have had a i think you might have had a couple of questions from um from squash stories or from one of the um yeah. one of the facebook polls you put out as well that's right did you uh, uh there was one question about it was about it came from a guy it was more of a comment really it was a, a about thinning the string uh and i forget exactly that i didn't write i didn't make a note of it but uh he was talking about thin, uh, thinner strings, and how would you approach someone who came to you and wanted to have a thinner string? Obviously, you, you've brought that up uh, today, the, the value of a thin string, but he, he was talking about manufacturing it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, so I think, I think with thin strings what you've got to be careful of is the durability on things thin strings so people who buy technofiber 305 1.1 or the very thin um there was even a 1.05 millimeter ash away at one point as well um which is great for feel great for power but they just don't last quite as long do they fray which is the reason why most um sometimes they'll just snap before they fray that they'll fray right. the same as most strings but um the, the odd off center hit and they, they're gone you know you have to have deep pockets or you have to be a sponsored player to to to, to really use them in great detail so um i think with the thin strings you've just got to make them aware there are options so one of the thin strings which does last for ages is um ashaway power neck the okay. the red string a popular alternative to technofiber on tour I, I think yeah there's a few a few players that, that use it at the moment mm. um it's it's a bit of a i call it the marmite string the, the red power nick i call it the marmite string because some people love it some people hate it or in australia i've got any listeners in australia the vegemite string you know <laughs> <laughs> you, you either you either love it or you hate or you hate it um it can have quite a kind of numb feel to it but when you really hit the ball hard you can really feel it it feels really really nice but that's 1.15 mils that's a thin string that's a pretty thin string but it lasts it's got a what like a wiry core on it did did you did you have another question about was it cat guts cat gut yeah yeah well um i did see i didn't i didn't actually get to write it down but uh, what what about the the cat gut uh so yeah. this is a misconception. So I was yeah, going to yeah. talk about this in, in the misconception stage. Um, that gut for strings has never been made from cats, from cat gut. <laughs> ne- ne- never has. It's yeah, a misconception. Yeah. This uh, is one, so, of those, one of those wild myths that fly around a club and just, uh, you know, people just yeah. start to believe it. Yeah, yeah d- definitely. So it used to be made from sheep gut. Okay. So, so it, it was a chap called Mr. Babalat or Monsieur Babalat who, yeah. who founded the Babalat um, tennis company um, back in the 1800s. He, he actually um, created natural guts. He was a sheep. A lot from, from sheep, yeah. And then he discovered that um, he could actually get better quality gut from cows. So from, from then on, uh, gut, natural guts has been made from cows intestines. So, <laughs> you, so it takes roughly two cows. This why this is why it wouldn't apply to cats. It takes the intestine of roughly two cows to make yeah. one set 
of natural gut strength for a tennis racket. Was this one of the uh, was this one of the trick questions on your ESRA exams, uh, John? Uh, do you know what? they do talk about it? They do talk you about it. You got to know your history, don't you? Yeah, but no, <laughs> that, that's just something that the string geek in me learns. So, so yeah, yeah so nat natural gut now it's still manufactured very very similarly to how it always has been. It's made from the intestines of a couple of cows. It's about the least vegetarian friendly or vegan friendly string you can get. These days, you've got to be a carnivore. Yeah. yeah, but interestingly enough, in squash, it's not used a great deal on the tour. There are a few players that, that, that use it, but not very many. And they tend to be the Wilson players because they get the natural gut from Luxalon. Um, uh, Luxalon being owned or partnered by, by Wilson. So uh, Nicole David, for example, she, she was um, a player that started to use natural gut strings in her Wilson rackets when she moved to Wilson. Right. And Nick Down, who we've mentioned before, he was part of the introduction to Nicole David and Wilson right. and then the natural gut strings. Um, so with, the, uh, with, with natural gut, huge in tennis, 90% of the tennis players on the Pro Tour will use natural gut in part of their racket and they'll use polyester strings in the other part of their racket, so a hybrid. But in squash, multi-filament strings like 305, X1 phase, the Ashaway strings, the unsquashable, all the other strings, they're so far advanced now that I yeah. think to, to get a similarly thin natural gut, it just wouldn't last long enough, I think. But it's also the inconsistency and expense. To, to get a set of natural gut that's decent, Mm -hmm. You're looking at about forty pounds for a right. set of strings, and then the stringer charges you on top. And it's not going to have the same feel as the the better uh, the better squash strings that are out there, is it? Well, it, it, it can, it can if you get a good, if you get a good quality set. So Pacific X, another natural gut company, they, made they one quality. They're they're quality at Pacific. I remember the yeah. grips back in the day that they had really good uh, grips. Pacific. Yeah, and and they're and they're great. So so natural gut you get a good natural gut and there's nothing like it it's brilliant it's amazing but you will get inconsistency with natural gut because it's naturally made right. you get a coating on it you get bad batches you get good batches and that there are companies like luxalon who are plowing money in to try to develop a, a natural gut string for squash which is going to be a bit more durable and consistent and I, i've got a couple of test sets of the Luxalon one, which I've used right. in a racket, mm -hmm. and it is actually good. It's nice. It's really, really good, and it doesn't look like most natural gut strings. Okay. Um, so it, it's good, but it's mega expensive, and it's whether or not your pockets are deep enough and your wallet isn't too dusty so that you can you, you can have it. Right. Um, so I, I think the, the other question which I saw which amused me was about factory racket stringing. Well, that, that, I was just, I wrote that one down. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. You you buy a racket uh, out of the you know at the shop, and it's a pre-strung. Um, now, for me, I mean, obviously, you you, you don't know if you're going to be able to trust what the, the string that's in there. If you buy if you buy a Technofiber racket, it's got the Technofiber string, probably already pre-strung with Technofiber 305, I would imagine, but how do you know obviously you don't know what it's strung out it says so on the on the racket itself but 
Yeah, so go there if you don't mind, because that, that's something I think a lot, of player, a lot of players will just go order their rackets online, get it, and then play with it. Now, a lot of people get a, a racket from the factory and they think this is going to be best because it's got all the factory specifications on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the reality is that the frames are great, they're balanced well, they play great, but the strings in a factory strung racket have been put in as an afterthought. Um, mm-hmm. And even with some of the premium brand rackets, all that will happen is um, they'll give the rackets to a factory, which will have sometimes up to 100 people working in that factory, maybe a few more. They'll put the racket on the machine and they'll thread through the strings um, and they'll tension every four or five strings. Right. And so what you could have, you could end up having a racket, which um, one string might be 30 pounds, another string might be 21 pounds, another string might be 15 pounds of tension. Right. So it, it's a really, <laughs> it's very hit, very hit and miss. Some people will get a factory strung racket and they think, wow, this is brilliant. This is really, really good. I really like this. That's because it might have been strung at 30 pounds, but by the time you receive it, it actually plays like 24 pounds because all of the strings have gone down in tension right. um, so throughout the racket. They've, they've spread out over the three or four months that that racket's been stood on the shelf in the shop. The strings have just evened out maybe a little bit. Mm. Um, also, um, to, to note, the factory strung rackets, quite often they don't string the right pattern. So... Oh. Another rule of thumb with stringing rackets is that you string the cross strings from top to bottom. Okay. And the reason for that is to protect the frame integrity. So imagine a balloon. If you squeeze a balloon, imagine a balloon is like the same shape as a teardrop racket. Um, and you started to push on the balloon at the bottom of the, of, the, of the balloon. What would happen is the head of the balloon, the top of it, would warp out. So it would come out, wouldn't it? Because you'd be squeezing the top out. Yeah. Um, exactly the same with a squash racket if you start stringing from the bottom of a squash racket the cross strings you start to pull the squash racket in so it distorts the 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 top um so you should always try and string from the top down on a squash racket also it'll just play better the the tension load will be far far better if you do it that way um so you that picture there john yeah i can see that picture okay uh that's the I think that's the string I have coming. Uh, cool. It's the Technofiber. Um, oh, so that's a synthetic gut. That's a synthetic gut. That's tennis string. So you can use that in squash or tennis. Yeah. Um, so that's a synthetic gut. Um, I will show you the VP hound. Wait okay. a second. So the VP looks... Oops. Not sure if you can see my screen or not. Can you, can you see that? Yeah, yeah. So that so that string there, that's that's the the VP. That's the VP, okay. That's the one point two version of it. Okay. Yeah, this is a, a buddy of mine who's bringing this back from the UK, so I might ask him to just uh, maybe switch it up. Yeah. That, so that that reel there, that's about a. You can buy that for about thirty-five, forty pounds for a, a two hundred meter reel. Oh, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> so I hope he hasn't paid more than that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So, all right. Just getting back to what you were saying, though, about the just uh, the uh, 
manufactured rackets and yeah uh, so so if you buy a manu if you buy a uh, racket straight off the shelf or through the internet the strings in there it won't be at the tension you, you were hoping or that you want because the tensions will be completely random you could buy three rackets from the same batch all of them will have a totally different tension yeah there, there, there may be some there may be some rackets and, and dunlop actually dunlop have been one of the better ones at this if you buy dunlop rackets but they, what they tend to do is just string them mega tight you don't tend no. to get too many loose dunlops dunlop seems to be pretty good they, with they, it you string them with the dunlop squash string as well uh, yeah not not always the best ones i mean some of them are with the i think the dunlop great white which isn't great um the dunlop silk actually um the dunlop silk string is quite nice that's quite similar to a 305 or the rab sensor fiber or the unsquashable so that that's quite a good string the silk it's not normally in black but you can get it in different colors as well so okay. like like see-through um so in order, so, in order to remedy that, would you recommend maybe uh, if a player buys a racket off the shelf, is it possible for him to bring it into a, a stringer and have the stringer just judge whether or not the, the string job is okay or should they just get a new string job done? Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's up to the player. The, the, the better players will normally um, – give it straight to their stringer they'll they'll tear the strings out and they'll they'll get it restrung straight away yeah. that that's what the better stringers tend to do the better squash players rather t tend to do um it just means that they can have two or three rackets strung at the same time and that they, they know what they're getting themselves in for really um it depends if, if you're an average club club player and you, you just like going on court and hitting and you just like the look of your racket then it doesn't matter too much but one of my kind of mantras is that the strings in the in the racket can be just as good as the frame itself. Yeah. And it really is true. You know, if you get a racket restrung and it's done properly with a good string and the stringer really knows a bit about the play and they ask these questions first, such as your playing style, how often you break strings, what do you want to achieve, have you got injuries? If you get a stri strings put in your racket properly, it really can make a difference to how the racket feels. So yeah. the, the, it's a bit like driving a, a Ferrari with, um, I don't know, a Ford, a Ford engine in it. You right. know, you, you'll, you'll get the same speed as a Ford, but it'll just handle the corners a bit better. Right. If you stick a Ferrari engine in a Ferrari car, you'll get a car that handles well and it also drives very, very fast. It, so you use the same analogy with the squash. I've used it before yeah. with the tires that you put in a car as, uh, on a car as well. Yeah. Um, so it, it does make it does make a big difference. Um, but some people will notice it a lot more. I, than I mean, I'm, I'm, the same. I'm and also superstitious, right? I, I'm very superstitious. I would never trust anything that I bought off the shelf in terms of string and, and things like that. So, um, like you, I, I had a little bit of a sponsorship over the years, but now. Nowadays, I, I have to buy rackets. And, uh, I'm always uh, yeah, wary of uh, any strings that are that are in there. So the only issue is over here in the UAE, there don't there don't seem to be any quality stringers around. So you just have to sort of trust that the guy that you bring it to for the string string machine in a sports shop knows what he's doing. Yeah, I'll, I'll try. I'll try and find some good stringers for you. I, I know there are lots of good tennis stringers. 
okay. into, into Dubai. Um, maybe the, the clubs, like the private clubs, like the aviation club, maybe, and uh, uh, that, that's where they have the the ATP tennis every every year. So I'm sure they've got guys there. Yeah. Yeah, th th there'll be some people. A good, the only problem you might have with tennis stringers, though, is that they are exceptionally good at tennis, but a lot of them don't touch squash rackets. So they, they <laughs> yeah. won't know the difference between... Uh, or they may know the difference, but they, they most likely won't stock that many squash strings or they'll just yeah. stick a synthetic gut in or a, t a decent tennis string in thinking that it won't be much different. Whereas the squash players uh, and the squash stringers... They they tend to know a little bit more probably about tennis because that they'll get more requests for tennis rackets than a tennis stringer will get for for doing squash rackets. Right on, now John. Uh, before you go, um, you've been great with your time and thanks for sticking uh, through this. Uh, now you've been stringing in the stringing game for a while. You mentioned you uh, you gave a great anecdote earlier of a stringing guy's racket during the tournament and having him uh, see him go through and do well. Any uh, any other great anecdotes, whether they be lighthearted or you know where a guy actually did well after you uh, performed a string job uh, on the tour? Anything you can share with us? Uh, I've been very very fortunate in that um, I've known a lot of the players I've I've strung for. Um, yeah. I, one one of my favourite things is every year I string at uh, a PSA event that we hold in in Exeter at my club. Okay. And yeah. there are lots of local players who play um, at this club in the graded tournaments. So they normally have the PSA and you have the graded tournaments yeah. from A, B, C, D, E, F, and sometimes G. So in some of the lower categories, what you actually find are some players that, although they're beginners or they've been playing for long and they just don't seem to be improving that much, or they just play for the sheer fun of it, Sometimes these guys, they really, really take their stringing seriously. They really love their strings to, yeah. to the point where, you know, some of them know as much as I do about, about the strings. It's crazy. <laughs> okay. so, They've so, done their research. Will, yeah, yeah they, they'll talk about the balance of a racket, the weight of the racket. Some will actually, will actually weigh the rackets on their scales and say, right, this one's five grams out compared to the other one which I've got. This one feels headlight. But there's always one or two at the tournaments um, who I always end up stringing for, and they always have a really, really specific request for me. And I, I, I love that. I think what oh, that yeah. shows for me is that regardless of who you're stringing for, there's always somebody that just takes a real interest in, in what you're doing and how you're stringing. And you know, the, Obviously, the, the, that's a testament to you as well. I mean, the guy, a guy who's coming to you with a specific... Uh, a you know, string job, uh, what what he wants you to do. He obviously trusts that uh, that you're going to be able to pull it off. Yeah, and, and, and you know, may, maybe that person wouldn't know the difference if I strung his racket at twenty pounds or thirty pounds. But, <laughs> yeah. but you know, I, what, I I just really like the fact that it doesn't. It's not just for the elite players that have that have decent string jobs. And sometimes some of the top professional players they don't necessarily know quite as much about stringing as some of the people that are beginners. They, they, they yeah. really don't because they, they've handed their racket to a stringer and said, just string it at 25 pounds and they get back a racket that's 25 pounds. Now, sometimes the stringer has said it's 25 pounds on their machine that says 25 pounds, but it really is only about 20 pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it doesn't matter because that, that player has been playing with that racket strung by that stringer with that string for 10, 15 years. 
so yeah. they they learn to use it they learn to play with it a uh, bit like Gaultier if you, if you stuck strings in Gaultier's rackets at 30 pounds you know what would that do to his game it would probably kill his game now because it's, to- it's totally different he'd yeah. still destroy me on the squash court um, <laughs> you know, I think I'd give him five minutes to take me apart but yeah. um but no, I think it. I think it really does. It, it's testament to people that actually play the game of squash that no matter how good you are or how bad you are or how long you've been playing, that there's something in it for everybody. Whether it's getting a racket that looks good or strings that look good, or even a stencil that looks good. You know, I'm doing quite a lot of custom stencils. Um, I'm yeah, doing yeah. one for a friend soon, and he, he wants he wants the logo of a fox on his on his racket. <laughs> He wants orange X1 biphase strings in his brand new racket. Yeah. With, with, with a, with yeah, a everybody's got, go, you know, I, I think that that's, that's a big thing nowadays. I mean, everyone's got a brand, right? So they want to uh, you know, put yeah. that in the racket. Yeah, and it's, and it's cool. You know, I, I, yeah. I like it. I've done a Thundercats logo for somebody before. Yeah, I, it, it's, it's, what make, it's what makes squash interesting. You know, I, I think tennis players tend to take it really seriously and like really really seriously which is great nothing wrong with that at all uh squash players take it seriously but every now now and then you come across somebody that's just a bit bonkers you know they they they, <laughs> they just want to do something a bit different something right cool on. right on. well john uh, really appreciate uh, having you on today that was very insightful obviously you could tell that i'm, I'm not I don't know a lot about strings, but uh, I learned a lot today. And I think uh, the listeners, uh, all the listeners would have gotten something out of uh, today's uh, chat. Now um, you're on, I know you're on all, all over uh, the social media. You've got a Twitter handle, Instagram and uh, Facebook. So it's, uh, what are your handles out there again? I know it's string doctor, right? Yeah. So string doctor, I think string doctor 79, I think um facebook and on twitter and i think you and i think you'll just find me it's uh john john sharp on instagram but it might be john sharp 79 so and then your website is quite uh detailed you've got quite a bit there yeah the, the web website is is a good resource mm. so, some stringers might some stringers might like me for it some some may not because i give away a few secrets on there um <laughs> but hey i'm all about people getting good strings in their rackets so what's the what's the the address the web address so it's www.string-doctor.com okay perfect well john uh, anything else you want to add before you go uh today was great chatting with you maybe one day we uh you know we get out for a hit hey i'll, I'll, I'll give you a discount on the set of strings <laughs> oh, perfect! <laughs> no, you'll, you'll get a freebie, Jerry. Don't worry. Um, no, no, I've, I've really, really enjoyed um, taking part in this. It's, it's always fun to talk about strings, um, and it gives my family a rest from listening to me talking about strings for a bit as well. Like they, 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 it bores them for some they're, reason. My they're family. strung out. Yeah, they're strung out, highly strung. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just how long I could string it along for, Jerry. <laughs> No, they, 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 get, they get bored of me talking about stringing. So it's been a godsend that, uh, that, they've, that they've given me to you for an hour to talk to. Perfect. Well, uh, I'm glad. I'd love to do it again. Good stuff. Right. Nice speaking to you, Jerry.
Well, that was awesome. Uh, learned so much there, and I just felt like uh, you know we could have gone on for hours because uh, it just kept adding and adding to uh, the knowledge that we all really need in terms of uh, getting our rackets restrung and the things we need to consider when we purchase a racket, when we bring a racket to the stringer, what strings we want, and all the, uh, the stringing options that are available out there. Like we uh, talked about, it's not just Technofiber and Ashway. Uh, there are other great options out there that you might want to experience with I currently use the the Technofiber 305 but uh, you know I might go for a thinner uh, string um, you know which I think I, I personally I think I enjoy and that frayed thing that we talked about I'm telling you man when my racket frayed uh, for some reason and John discussed it a bit there uh, I started hitting the ball uh, the way I like to hit it and it seemed to bite I think there was a bit more bite or a bit more I had a bit more feel on it and uh, I haven't really experienced that same fray over the last few years, uh, which I think is because maybe as as uh, John mentioned, Technofiber may have addressed that issue as a as a customer uh, customers may have uh, mentioned that and they addressed it. But uh, I wish they had. Maybe they have a frayed frayed option in their uh, in in their product line. So, anyways, uh, John Sharp. Uh, came up big today. Really appreciate him and look forward to hopefully having him back on uh, down the road. Now, speaking of coming on the podcast, we hopefully we're going to be having a Nelly Gillis uh, a, on the podcast hopefully today uh we'll be speaking to her and that will be coming up shortly and now with the announcement of the tour returning we'll get to speak with her about that amongst uh, many other topics uh, she had a great season uh, 2019-2020 uh, season which saw her move way up in the rankings and uh, we'll speak to her about that and we've got some other great uh, podcasts as well we've got some product stuff you know we talked a little bit about stringing we're going to talk about the eye mask as well Richard Millman's going to be coming on we also have uh, hopefully in not too far down the road James Flynn from uh, you know Canadian junior squash sensation who plays his varsity squash south of the border and there was another announcement uh, this week about I think it was George Washington University is cutting its squash program so we'll, we'll get to speak to him and what he's heard about the varsity squash scene uh, that's upcoming uh, in the not too distant future and uh, we've got several other uh, other good pods coming up including a, a squash Korea episode which uh, you know I have an affinity with uh, squash Korea we'll talk a bit about that but uh, uh, we'll be having someone on to speak to Squash Korea as well. Hopefully, uh, and that will happen in the in the not too distant future as well. And uh, now uh, we're going to be be able to enjoy enjoy our pro squash not so far down the road, and hopefully be competing as well in the not. Uh, distant future so good luck with your squash going for i played yesterday and uh, had a decent game felt good it's quite hot here in the uae and the humidity was up yesterday so although the court was relatively cool uh, the humidity finds itself on the court and that does uh, impact your cardio a little bit and i noticed i I was a bit winded after a few simple rallies, but uh, that was good. I just kept pushing on, and I think the fitness stuff that I've been doing uh, off-court during the lockdown has really helped. But I uh, hope the same applies to you. Everyone, thanks for listening. Now, if you, uh, if you don't mind, please uh, share uh, the podcast with your friends. Uh, give me a like on the Twitter.
on uh, Instagram. On uh, Please do that. I'm, I'm on Instagram now, so give me a like on Instagram. I'm new to Instagram, but trying to spend a bit more time uh, on that platform. Uh, but I'm also on the Twitter and Facebook. So give us a like. Give us a shout out. Please share the podcast. Really appreciate it. And um, take care, everyone. We'll be talking to you very soon. Goodbye now.